Hey there and a very warm welcome to Bergos Now. My name is Aurelia Rauch and today we're going to turn away from financials, which we have discussed and looked at from various angles over the last few weeks, and we're going to turn once more to art. And here with me is Thomas Kallein. Hi Thomas, how are you? Hi Aurelia. Um, we're going to talk about a very interesting topic today, art prices. So it is a bit financials, but I think this is an area that a lot of our listeners are highly fascinated by because it might seem a bit opaque sometimes. So I'm gonna, yeah, just sort of start by just asking, how on earth do art prices come together? Yes, it is uh, financial and it's at the same time extremely emotional. Mm. Uh, a lot of people do not really understand, you know, why prices can be very high, why prices can be also very low, why sometimes nobody even wants to buy the piece at all. You yeah. can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. um, and it has been basically a relationship between the dealer and the buyer for many, many decades, for many centuries. Uh, besides that there were sometimes commissions. But the change, I think, in history was about uh, some 30, 32 years ago when uh, the first digital platform was founded mm -hmm. and its name was Artnet. Mm -hmm. It was founded by uh, an entrepreneur, uh, an art dealer in Hamburg, Hans Neuendorf, and uh, he was originally very fascinated by pop art, so he went through this kind of boom of American pop art, particularly in Germany. Mm -hmm. And uh, the idea of Neuendorf was to collect all the auction prices worldwide, which is uh, something enormous, because right. you basically had to do it by hand in the beginning, and rumors say that it was done uh, by people in India, so really far away. Today you do it digitally. But uh, he was uh, staying with the idea, and today this platform is extremely useful. Mm. However, it only lists the auction house prices. And if you go uh, into Artnet, uh, he wanted transparency. Um, it's not for free, so you have to pay. Yeah. You have to pay quite an amount if you want to do your research per click you pay. You can have a monthly subscription, an annual subscription, but it's also quantified, so you cannot do it uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Exactly, and I do remember, this made me smile, because I do absolutely remember the sort of meters of library wall with auction catalogs and handwritten results in it, yeah. And just quickly, for, for those of our listeners who are not super familiar with Artnet, just function-wise, could you quickly explain how, how it works? So what, what can you search for there? What, what is the outcome? What do you get? Usually you want to research what are the prices of a singular artist, uh, whether it's his or her paintings mm -hmm. or uh, graphic arts or sculpture. So you find uh, several thousand names of artists, however, only those who ever had auction results. Mm -hmm. And then also it's mostly contemporary. It's not uh, Rembrandt, Rubens, Dürer, although they are auctioned as well, but it's more or less the, the 20th and the 21st century. Yeah. And then you really have every single sale. You even have a picture of the piece. Uh, you can uh, know something about the provenance. Yeah. And then you have to watch out. Is, uh, is it a bought in, which means it has not been sold? 
So the estimate stays there as the original estimate of the auction house and there is no result. And if there is a result, what is the relation of the result, the final price to the estimate, plus uh, is that price including the so-called premium, which is uh, the money the auction house takes uh, in order to give it uh, to the new client. Um, and all these are very remarkable uh, data if you if you want to do re your own research, yeah. for instance, what are my own pieces, how valuable yeah. uh, are they? May I ask you, Thomas, so f in my perspective, since I have worked in the arts, there was always Arnett, but and I, it's absolutely a fact that, um, you know, just the, the f amount of pieces that are sold at auction, of course, skews the price for the artwork and it's absolutely, um, especially for secondary market prices, absolutely an indicator. Do you remember this always being like that? Were auction results always such an important sort of dial to how to price work, primary and secondary? You had uh, extreme uh, fashions uh, throughout the decades. Yeah. You had extreme lows. If you think of the uh, the Nazi area, the 1930s. If you think of the post-war area, the 1940s and 50s. Um, and you had a rather small market. The real change happened, I think, only in the 80s, because in the 80s of the last century, uh, you had a strong internationalization of the market. The yeah. Japanese came onto the stage uh, slowly, the Russians came, the Chinese came, Latin Americans came. Uh, I think the art market never was a real world market before mm -hmm. uh, these mm -hmm. uh, some 40 years ago. And at the end of that decade, that Neuendorf founded uh, his Artnet platform was a very logical, uh, I think, consequence. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you needed that, uh, that tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it is, a, it is an incredibly useful tool. And the, the, your question about the prices, have they gone up? Um, there is a new uh, phenomenon in the art market. So after Artnet came Artsy, which was the attempt to have sales uh, through galleries also online. Exactly, this yeah. was kind of great and uh, open and created a lot of advertising, a lot of brokerage. But it never really created uh, the transparency that the galleries would ever say, okay, where are my prices yeah. in comparison to the prices of others mm. uh, who sell basically by the same artists. I mean, that was at least a little bit an appointment by telephone. Mm -hmm. But in general, the, the uh, secondary market and the primary market, these are very different things. Yes. And uh, before you have a secondary market result, some people even say they shouldn't buy primary market because it's an illusion anyway that the piece has value of yeah. so and so much but what did I come to today uh, regarding um, our our contemporary world of how to find a price um, after a period of art lending after the financial crisis in 2008 when one entrepreneur uh, Asher Edelman founded Art Assure Limited in order to say okay the, the pieces do have more than emotional values they have real values uh, a so-called index was founded. Mm -hmm. And this is, uh, I think, the answer to your question. You know, through the auction houses, through the secondary market, have prices, prices always gone up? Yeah. Uh, seemingly, they have quite a bit. Uh, if you look at, at an artist like Picasso, Warhol, or Monet in particular, the prices still go up. Uh, one can say almost all the time. You have 
uh, a number of years where you, you feel a setback. But mm. um, in general, it's very stable. And uh, the art lending company uh, was thinking of an index. Uh, they were speculating that uh, within a decade you should have well, 30, 40, sometimes 50% uh, mm. on top, uh, mm. plus. And now what they do, they offer uh, under the name Art Bank a so-called art wealth management, which is, of course, something we we do admire, right? It's yeah. uh, something fantastic. You're, you're a wealth manager and all of a sudden you're, you see a company that does art uh, wealth management and they speak of uh, instant objective valuations yeah. uh, so you push a button and you know right. the values of your work you um, they say they have a, a supercharged uh, search engine so they don't even need, need to look into any singular book they don't even need to use artnet which is fantastic but um as often if you have such an incredible uh, promise it's almost like uh, as we say, googling art today, mm. uh, it's um, it's in the first steps. Mm. Uh, it is an important uh, perspective into the future. I think uh, it will be more or less, whether it is this company or others, it will be successful. It is a necessary development. However, if you do not have supervision on what comes out of this supercharged machine, I think it's rather dangerous. Uh, for instance, companies who do asset management uh, for collectors and neither the collector nor the asset manager is even looking at the results, mm. I think it could be very, very dangerous. You mm. know, It is not only sometimes 20% difference to what you should say, it's sometimes even 50 or 60%. So we as, let's say, our own uh, very careful uh, art wealth managers or asset managers with clients who collect uh, we uh, double check everything and uh, we are very happy that this new company is around uh, and we are very willing to uh, look at the results but we think we should uh, double check it twice as often in life <laughs> Thomas, before I let you go, I want to touch very quickly just on one little nuance, which is a very broad question that might be unanswerable at this moment. But you touched on these three, I guess, pillars of digital you know, representation of artwork prices. And um, in a previous conversation, you and I talked about Artsy as well. And they, of course, started in an attempt to get galleries inventory and all the prices. And that, of course, you know, didn't didn't quite shape up the way that, that they had set out to do this. But generally speaking, I think that there is an atmosphere uh, of opaqueness to, to how galleries handle their prices, especially younger collectors often feel like they're sort of, yeah, not in the know, right? It's very hard to find out what's a, what's a fair price for something. Do you generally feel a tendency towards more openness, towards more transparency also on a, on a gallery side? Because what you now uh, explained to us so generously was, mainly either coming from collectors or from, from auction houses? I think if um, a company like this new company would be able to also uh, get access to the gallery prices, we would feel like a real digital revolution in the art market. Mm -hmm. It is not just about uh, the brokerage idea, which uh, Artsy founded, uh, it is something that Artnet was very, very keen to include into their 
data uh, bases uh, that uh, at least the really big galleries would join and I think uh, this will be a result more or less certain at the end of the 2020s within the next seven eight nine years mm. we will see that uh, the major galleries will join. Mm -hmm. It will help everybody. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, also, we touched on NFTs before. I wonder what their role will be eventually. But you'll come back for that. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much, Thomas. It was incredibly interesting. Thank you very much, Aurelia. And we thank you, as always, very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this little summer episode about art prices. We'll be back next Friday with more from Beggars Now. Until then, adieu.